and I'm trying to, trying to, yeah, a little hoiky-joiky, I'm trying to, try to save my voice. I don't know if I, I did sleep with an open window last night, so I don't know um, if, uh, if that had anything to do with it or not, but it's been a little scratchy today, and, and uh, been eating some lemons and stuff, and <laughs> so um, just pray for me tonight. As uh, we minister the word, go with me tonight to 1 Kings chapter 19. This may be the, uh, our final message on Elijah, on our Elijah series. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, this is a familiar, um, some familiar things. Now we, you know, we, we jumped, kind of jumped ahead with Elijah to um, uh, the double portion message when he um, was taken away and Elisha saw him and Elisha received the double portion of the, whole, of, of the spirit that was on Elijah. And I preached it that way because we were coming into revival and I wanted, to, uh, I wanted everybody to, to, be, um, to be in a place to receive a double portion or have a desire to receive a double portion of the Holy Spirit. I feel like that I did, but you know, even, even at that, I'm still wanting more and more and more of the Lord. We never get to the place that we're satisfied. But this, we're going to jump back to, um, to a, a part of Elijah's life when, when probably one of the, if not the lowest points in his life. Now, um, is, has there, is there anybody here tonight that has ever felt like giving up in your walk for the Lord? No? Okay, praise God. All right. I think, you know, we all, at one point or another, haven't we all at one point have thought, well, I've just had enough. I'm, I'm giving up. And, uh, you know, the devil has told you and told me, <clears throat> well, you know, you, you, you just will quit. You can't do, you can't live right anyway. You're a failure. You just will quit. And I think probably all of us here tonight could agree that at one time or another, we have, we have been victimized by a spirit of fear. Anybody ever experienced that? Have a spirit of fear, one of the enemy's top weapons. And um, maybe you have been in a situation in your life where you've been, um, you've been depressed or you've been despondent because there again are discouraged Amen. And I know everybody here at one time or another, you've been discouraged at some point in time. Amen. We all have because, because we're living in a world and this is, that's the way the enemy works against us. So we've all at, at some point in our life have been bombarded with feelings of worthlessness and defeat. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not being negative because... Um, I know that those are things that we face in this life, but I, I said all that to say that I've got some good news for us tonight because you're not the only one and I'm not the only one that has ever experienced those things in life. Even the great men and women of God in the Bible went through times of loneliness and depression and, and, uh, and, and discouragement and faced fear in their life. And God helped them, and God wants to help you 
and God wants to help me in, in, in those situations as well. Can you say amen? God wants you and I, when we're facing those times, to stand our ground and reclaim the territory that the enemy has tried to take or has taken away from us. we got to do like the song says that we just sang a while ago. we got to go into the enemy's camp and get back and take back what he stole from us and not let him have our inheritance and our blessing because he'll take everything that you'll let him take. The enemy will. He'll take everything that you'll allow him to take. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, we, we, we want to begin reading with verse 1. And it says this, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Remember what we preached about that a few weeks ago? Calling the fire down from Mount Carmel, killing the prophets of Baal, praying the rain down from heaven. And, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. <clears throat> and Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when, notice verse 3, and when he saw that, here's, here's Elijah gets his focus on the wrong thing. As soon as she made that threat, it says, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, running from Jezebel, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it's enough. I've had it. Let me paraphrase it. Let me give you the Rick Hensley translation. I've had all I can take. <laughs> it's enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him, touched by an angel. An angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him again. Thank God for the second touch. Somebody say, Thank God for the second touch. And touched him again, saying, Arise and eat. Notice this. Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. And I want to just take that as my text um, where the angel said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And I want to preach a little bit, teach a little bit on strength for the journey, having strength for the journey. Now here's the mighty man of God. We've already established the fact that we have all been through at one time or another some kind of discouragement, fear, despondency, distress, felt like giving up, felt like, you know, well, is it really worth it? And uh, here is Elijah, God's mighty prophet, and he himself, here's God's man of faith and power for the hour, I guess we could say, and he himself has lost control of his life for a season. 
Thank God he got it back. But for a short time, he's lost control of his life. And uh, he's just won a great victory that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Mount Carmel against the enemy. God has answered prayer. God has done something great for him. And um, he's won a great, tremendous victory on, on Mount Carmel, broke a three-and-a-half-year drought. And, uh, but there's something we need to notice, and that is this. And, and this, we see this principle throughout the Bible, and that is that almost immediately, almost immediately after a great victory, Satan will always attack. Are, are you with me? Almost immediately after you experience a mountaintop experience or some great victory, an answer to prayer or something that's happened good in your life, Satan comes against you and he, he attacks. So we must remember this. We've got to get this and, 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 and focus on this and get it in our heart that, that yesterday's faith, thank God for the faith we had yesterday, but yesterday's faith does not suffice for today. We've got to have a fresh touch from the Lord on a daily basis in our life. What God did Sunday, thank God for the move of the Holy Spirit here Sunday. Thank God for what He did in the revival. Thank God for Sunday night service, which I thought was awesome as well. But you know what? I can't, I can't live today on what God did for me Sunday. i got to have a fresh touch from God, some fresh strength and fresh anointing today in my life. i got to have that on a daily basis. Jesus said that we've got to, to deny ourselves, take up our cross. How often? Once on Sunday, every Sunday? No. He said you take that cross up every day, daily, and follow me. Some people get confused about what that means to take up the cross. They say, well, that's just some burden you have to bear. And that isn't what Jesus was saying at all. That cross represented what he was going to do for us, the price that he was going to pay for us to redeem us, to sanctify us, to heal us, to bless us. And so when he tells us every day to take up the cross, he's telling us that what we need to do, what we have to do is claim and receive the benefits that he provided through his death burial and resurrection and we need to do that every day I, 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 feel, I, I feel like that I might not just be too laid back tonight if I keep feeling like this but amen, you agree with that? We've got to have his touch on a daily basis, basis. So Elijah has just experienced a great victory. Now he gets, now he gets word from Jezebel, and uh, the word comes to him. Jezebel says, well, you've done this to my prophets. I'm going to have your head. I'm going to kill you, old prophet of God. And so now Elijah himself, the great man of God, is on the run. He's running from Jezebel, and he's running from her threat on his life. And so he runs. He, you see him here in this text. He's under the juniper tree of discouragement and he, here he is, this great prophet ready to give up. He's come from the mountain to the valley in a very short period of time. Amen? He's went from a spiritual high to a spiritual low. And I found out in my years of living for the Lord that you can come from that high point to that low point in record time if you're not careful. Amen? Amen? 
that's true, isn't it? We, we, we've all been there. We've all experienced that. And so here he is under the juniper tree, and he's, he's, he's in that state of discouragement. And uh, in, in this situation, God sends an angel to minister to Elijah, and he sends that angel to help get him through this difficult time in his life. The angel fixed a meal for him and fixed some food for him, baked a cake for him. Man, I want, I'd like to have some of that, praise God. He, got, he, he provides a cruise of water there for him, there in the wilderness, amen? And the angel, uh, uh, the angel provides this, God sent the angel to provide this to strengthen the man of God in his time of weakness. And so the angel says this in verse number 7. He, he, he touches Elijah and wakes him up. Elijah had fallen asleep. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But he, he touches him and he wakes him up. And he says to Elijah, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for thee. And verse 8 he says, And Elijah arose and did eat, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights. Now he was telling him this. The angel was saying to him, Elijah, the journey is too great and it's too difficult for you to make on your own and on your own strength. You need some spiritual strength. You're going to have to have supernatural strength for the journey that's ahead. Come on somebody. You're going to have to have strength that doesn't come from your own self to make it to where you need to go to carry you through. And there is strength for the journey. And I just want to let you know something tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that the journey that is ahead, I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. I don't know what next week will hold and neither do you. But I do know this if I will let him give me the strength, hallelujah, he'll take me through, he'll take you through, and there will be sufficient and adequate strength in our life to go on for Jesus and to make it through no matter what the enemy may try to bring our way. I need his strength tonight. Can I get an amen? I need his touch tonight. Woo, there he is. There is strength for the journey that comes from the Lord. And Elijah's there in despair. Why is he there? Why, where, what got him here in this place? How did this great man of God wind up in this place of despair? Um, you know, what happened to him? Well, there's a few things. There's, there's, there's three things that I want to mention. Amen. And, uh, and the first thing we notice is, the reason Elijah's under the juniper tree is, number one, he forgot yesterday's blessing. Somehow or another, he's forgotten what the Lord had just done for him the day before and in the years prior, what God had done. He was, he was too busy focusing right now on what Jezebel said and he forgot about what God had done for him in the past. Are, are you with me? See, that's a tactic of the enemy. That's the very thing the enemy tries to get us to do. See, Elijah had forgot about the God of the brook, Cherith. God had, for, and, and he had forgotten about how that God had taken care of him and sustained him there. Possibly he'd forgot about 
about the ravens coming and bringing him bread and, and, and meat in the morning and every evening and the water that was provided for him there by the brook. I, I can just imagine that very possibly Elijah has forgotten about the God of the meal barrel there at Zarephath where the widow's meal barrel was filled up with meal and the cruise of oil didn't fail. Amen? He's forgot about that provision. He's forgot about the God who had answered him on Mount Carmel by fire. The God who had given him the victory over the prophets of Baal. He forgot about those past blessings. He forgot that this is the same God that just gave him the victory on Carmel a few days earlier is the same God that will give him victory over Jezebel and if God's been with him all the way till now why in the world would God leave him in this situation? Don't forget the blessings of yesterday. Come on somebody. Amen. We can't afford to forget that. Now Jezebel, you know, she had claimed that she was going to kill the man of God. She said, I'm going to get you. It was a threat that Jezebel had made to Elijah. But can I tell you that the devil's threats are empty threats. Are you with me? The threats that Jezebel made were empty threats because Jezebel... Could not, yeah, there you go. It's one of them. That's what he should have done. Amen. Just one of those. It was an empty threat because um, uh, God still had some plans for Elijah. And, and, and Jezebel could not, listen to me, as long as God had a plan for him, Jezebel couldn't take him out because God still had a plan for him. And God was not finished with Elijah's life yet. We find out what God did later on for Elijah when he was done with him, but God's not done with him yet. But he listens to the threats of Jezebel, and so now, now what we see is Elijah is now operating from a position of fear instead of a position of faith. Is that right? He's allowed the threats of Jezebel uh, to, to, to affect him. And that always is the case. When we forget the Lord and forget what God has done for us, when we forget the promises and begin to focus on the, the threats of the enemy, that always causes us then to walk and operate in fear instead of operating in faith. And we've talked about that before. You can't operate in both of those at the same time. One will cancel out the other. Fear will always nullify and neutralize our faith. But when we stand and believe God, amen, trust in the Lord, then fear has to leave and fear has to go. But here we are seeing uh, Elijah operating from that, from that place of fear in his life. I mean, he's overcome 450 false prophets of Baal and now he's running from Jezebel and, and, and listening to the threats of Satan. And this, this is one of Satan's most successful tactics because he's always telling you and always telling me and always boasting about what he will do to you, what he's going to do to you. Uh, you know, if you've got, you know, he'll tell you, well, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to die and you're not going to live. You're going to go bankrupt. You're never going to make it through this trial. 
well. You'll never be healed. And he's constantly fabricating stories to try to instill fear and doubt in your life. How many knows what I'm talking about? Anytime, and I'm probably everybody in this, in this room tonight at one time or another have come forward to be anointed with oil and to be prayed for to be healed. Is that right? Has there ever been a time that you've come for prayer to be healed that you haven't had the devil say to you, you ain't going to be healed? That isn't going to happen. Nothing's going to happen when hands are laid on you. That's an empty thread of the enemy. And see, he, he's always filling our minds or trying to fill our minds with those threats. But can I tell you something tonight? That Satan, Jesus said this of the devil, Jesus himself said that he, Satan, is a liar. Come on, somebody. He is a liar, and he is the father of lies. And Jesus also said the tr in the same verse, the truth is not in him. Come on, somebody. Amen. He can't tell the truth. Anytime he would say something that would be thought about, that you would consider being truth, it's always mixed with a falsehood. Satan knows how to quote, quote scripture, but he never quotes it right. He always twists it. He always adds something else to it. He always gets it, takes it out of context. Amen? But he, Jesus said, Satan is a liar. So you've got to understand, my uncle used to tell me this, he was my, he, he was my pastor when, I, when we got saved and got started in church and he, he always said anytime the devil tells you something says something to you just turn that around because he cannot tell the truth it's not in him and if he tells you something just turn it around and say well I know who you are old slewfoot you're the liar and the father of lies I choose to believe the report of the Lord I choose to believe what God has to say about my situation. I choose to remember what God has done for me and what God has promised me. Hallelujah! And not believe the threats of the, of the enemy in my life. Come on, amen? He is a liar. He can't tell the truth. He's always giving falsehoods. And the devil cannot carry out those threats that he makes against you as a child of God. If you'll stand on the word and stay true to God, he can't carry out those threats because the Bible says that the greater one lives within you and me. Amen. Greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in me. Praise God than he that is in the world. So listen to me, saints. Don't, get, don't forget. Listen. Don't ever forget yesterday's blessings. Oh, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Come on, and you will be surprised when you think about it what all the Lord has done for you and done in your life and when you begin to recount those blessings just say listen here Mr. Devil here's what God just said see that's what Elijah should have done we of course we can look back on this you know in retrospect and say here's what you should have done Elijah you should have said oh give it your best shot oh Miss Jesse just give it your best shot I serve the God of, of creation today and he has got his hand on me. 
It's easy for us to look back and say, that's what, that's what we should, he should have done. But how many of us don't do that? <laughs> Woo, come on. We've all, had a, <clears throat> we've all had an apple out of that bag. Come on, amen. I believe we've all been there. But don't forget yesterday's blessings. I got to get off this. I'll never get done. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget the power of His promises. Now, the second reason we're talking right now, this may be a two-part message. I don't know. But the second, the second reason that He's in this place of despair is because, first of all, He forgets yesterday's blessings, but then secondly... It says in verse number 3 and 4 that he forsook his servant. It said that when he saw that, referring to what Jezebel, uh, the threat that she had made, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Notice that. He left his servant there. Verse 4 says... But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under a juniper tree and there requested for himself that he might die. He forsook his servant. The scripture says that he left his servant at Beersheba. So when he, when he started this journey, uh, uh, he, he had somebody with him, but he leaves his servant at Beersheba and then by himself, he goes a day's journey into the wilderness. Now he gets off. Now I want, you, I want you to get a hold of this because he gets off by himself. And he isolates himself from his companion, from his servant, from his friend, and gets by himself. Now this is a favorite tactic as well of the enemy. This is something that the enemy likes to do because, listen, Satan knows, and I want you to hear me tonight, Satan knows that if he can isolate you, if he, can, if he can isolate you away from your church, away from your church family, away from other Christians and other believers, that if he can get you off and isolate you by yourself, that he can clean your plow and he can defeat you. Amen? Amen? You know, those people and, and, and people that, uh, that, that suffer from bouts of depression, of severe depression, Many times this is one of the signs of depression is they want to isolate from everyone. They don't want to be around anybody. They will close themselves off in a dark room, sometimes for days and days, and not come out. Maybe, you know, just to use the bathroom or something, just stay in there because of that depression, that darkness, that isolation. Listen, that's not healthy. That, there, listen, there's times, yeah, we get alone and we shut the door and get alone with God to commune with God. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Elijah, Elijah forsook his servant and got off by himself because he was afraid and he was depressed and he was discouraged. Amen? Can I tell you something tonight? That every single one of us, you, I know I do, and I think I'm speaking for all of us, we all need strength and encouragement and the strength and encouragement that we receive from one another. 
I need you and you need me and we need each other. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. Come on, amen? We need one another. I'm like Brother Dan. I, I, I feel like this is the best choice around here, praise God. Hallelujah. Do you, do you feel that? I believe you all feel. I, I think everybody should feel that way about the church that they attend, that it's the best one anywhere. Praise God. But we've got to have the strength and the encouragement that we receive from each other. That's why church attendance is so important. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you all the ones that are here on Wednesday night and Sunday night and Sunday morning and, and you know, you're, you're, you're faithful. And, uh, and, 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 but church attendance is important. You know, in Hebrews, you know the verse. Paul talked about it in Hebrews 10, 24. We always quote Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but the, the verse prior to that, the 24th verse of Hebrews 10 says, and let us consider one another. This is the King James says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking. You see how that goes together? That, that, what, you know what he's saying there? Don't forsake coming together as a body of believers because you need somebody else to provoke you. Not to provoke you to do something wrong. Not to provoke you to anger. That word provoke means an encouragement to an act or a feeling. Amen. Sometimes people can and do provoke you to anger. But that's not what he's talking about here. I need somebody to provoke me on and to spur me on. I think the NIV says it that way, to spur you on to good works. The New King James says it this way, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You need to be stirred up once in a while. I need to be stirred up once in a while. The best place I know to get stirred up and to get encouraged and to get filled up with the joy of the Lord is to come together to the house of the Lord and be with God's people. Praise the Lord. That's what church is all about. Amen. That's why he wants us to come together. See, don't let, listen to me. This is another tactic of Satan. Don't let him keep you from, from Christian fellowship. We need one another. There's not anything that's as important as your, your relationship to Jesus Christ. And that relationship is, 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 is encouraged and it's, it's helped and it's edified and it's increased by coming together in the house of the Lord and worshiping God corporately. We need each other. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people say. You cannot live as good a Christian life without a church as you can with a church. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah! I, I've had people say that. Well, I am the church. No, you're not. We're a member of the church. We're a part of that body. But the church is made up of all of those who are the called out ones, the ecclesia that are the called out ones together. 
So he went off by himself and he isolated himself and he left his servant at Beersheba and he went by himself into the wilderness. And so now he's, he's out there alone in the wilderness and he plops down under a juniper tree. And the next thing you know about Elijah was this. The Bible said that he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Verse 5 said that he, he went to sleep. Now what happens here? This is the next step. Now, see, he's, he's forgot. He's forgot yesterday's blessings. He's got off down here by himself. He's, he's escaped from the fellowship of his companion. No companionship. And so now he gets down here and the next thing he is, he falls asleep and he becomes inactive in, the wor in his work for God. He comes to a place and sleep is a symbol of spiritual, active, inact spiritual inactivity. Amen. All through the Bible, those ten virgins, what happened? It said they all slumbered and slept. Amen. And so it's a, it was a place of spiritual inactivity in the things of God. He's, he's talked himself. Here he is now. He's talked himself into quitting the ministry and giving up. He's had enough. And this great prophet begins to operate from fear and discouragement instead of faith because of what he sees and hears. There are scores of Christians tonight. There are, there are no telling, only God knows how many Christians tonight there are that one time were active in ministry, were active in a local church, were active for the Lord Jesus Christ, but today they have all but given up and they're in a spiritual slumber, asleep under a juniper tree of despair somewhere, no longer active for Jesus, no longer active in the work of the Lord. Amen? That is when we need to experience, when we get in that place where Elijah was, that is when we have got to experience what Elijah experienced there under that juniper tree. That's when we have got to have a fresh touch from the Lord in our life and a renewing from the Lord in our lives. Hallelujah, we've got to have that, that, that strength renewed for the journey ahead. And it was at this point that the angel comes and shows up. While he's under that juniper tree, <laughs> the angel touched him, woke him up, and gave him strength and told him, said, eat what I've got for you because the journey is too great for you to make unless you get some supernatural strength. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to shout tonight. Amen? We've got to have that touch from God. And this was the thing that Elijah experienced. He had a fresh touch, a, a, a fresh relationship now here with God. And we've got to have that touch of God upon our lives if we're going to have strength for our journey. We're on a spiritual journey tonight. And if we're going to have the strength to make it, we've got to have that touch from the Holy Spirit. There's got to be a fresh touch. You and I, listen to me, saints. This is so important that you and I have, we have to have a constant, listen, a constant and continual renewing of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a 
daily basis. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, Be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, that's in the continuous sense. It literally says, Be being filled, or be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. Glory to God. We've got to have a fresh touch, a fresh anointing all the time, a renewing of the Holy Spirit. When I have God's touch, and here's the thing, listen, we've all been to that place when we've been like Elijah under that juniper tree of discouragement. But oh, when you get that fresh touch, when I have God's touch, when I have His anointing, that's when my problem seems small. That's when Jezebel don't bother me, praise God. When I've got a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost on my life, amen? Jezebel may still be real and, and who you know of course she is a type of the devil and she may still be real and, and, and her, her threats are still real and the devil's threats are still real but when God's touch and a fresh anointing and his strength comes into my life in spite of all the threats of the enemy I can rise up in victory and say I'm going through I'm going to make it hallelujah I'm going to make it come on somebody I've got strength, fresh strength for the journey ahead. It's victory that comes. It's victory that comes our way. I talked about uh, in, uh, in prayer group, prayer, was it this week? Was I, I talked about Isaiah 40 this Tuesday. Isaiah 40 and 29 through 31. We all know those, those verses. They're very familiar to us. And the Word of God, the Lord said, the Bible said that He gives power, speaking of the Lord, that He gives power to the, to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. You got that? To them that have no might. Hallelujah. When you get to that place, then God increases your strength. He said, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. That's what we've got to have, a renewal of our strength. That's what Elijah was getting here, a renewal of his strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That strength for the journey ahead. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. We were talking about that eagle on Tuesday. You know how he gets up there, you know, in those, in those, in those air currents that, are, that, that just live lift him up. The storm is just raging, but he can get high enough to get caught up, just spread out his wings and get caught up in those currents, those, those, those updrafts, and all that eagle does without, without putting exerting any of his own ability or strength, he just stretches out the wings and he just soars around. Hallelujah. He don't have to give any of his strength. He just soaring on the wind being a type of the Holy Spirit. And the storm is still raging below him, but that eagle is up there soaring, just looking down on all the storm, and he's up there where the skies are blue and the sun is shining. That's where God wants to bring you to tonight. That's strength for the journey. That's victory over Jezebel. Somebody ought to say amen tonight. Hallelujah. Come out of that juniper tree experience. 
I knew I'd do it. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've got to have that fresh strength for today. and God gives it. It's strength sufficient for today. Listen to me. I made it through today. But in the morning, when I get up in the morning and those feet hit the floor, I head right into the coffee first. <laughs> pop me in, get the Keurig and pop me in, a, pop me in little Folgers, get my cup and then head right into my study and get my Bible and I get in the Word and I begin to read and meditate on the Word. I know Brother West does the same thing. We've talked about that and, and begin to study and, 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 and pray and fellowship with the Lord. You know what I'm doing? I'm getting, oh God, I'm getting some strength for the journey that I've got ahead of me. Hallelujah, tomorrow. Oh yeah, I did it this morning and I'm working out some of that strength I got this morning, tonight. But in the morning I got to have a fresh touch from the Lord and fresh strength from the Holy Spirit to get me through the day tomorrow. I'm not worried yet about Friday. I'm not thinking about Saturday. Hallelujah. I'm still living in Wednesday. In the morning I'm going to get some strength for Thursday. Then Friday I'll get some for that day. Come on. Amen. There's strength for the journey. You don't have to live under that juniper tree, you can have the strength. You can soar with those eagles. You can run and not be weary. Glory to God. You can just keep on trucking and not faint and not, 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 not fall by the wayside or lose heart. That's what God has for you today. Oh, help me, Jesus. Amen. Let me take a, pra take a praise break for a minute. Let me get a drink. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it was a fresh relationship that he found under that juniper tree from the Lord. Just give me a few more minutes. But there was also fresh resources that God provided because when he woke up, what he found was divine provision that was waiting for him. God God had he found something out. When he woke up, there's that angel... God had supplied his need one more time. God had supplied his need one more time. Hallelujah. Because this God had been there. His God had been there at the brook when the ravens brought him food. This God of his had been there at the widow's house and made sure that the meal barrel never went dry. This God had been there on Mount Carmel, sent the fire from heaven and then opened the windows of heaven and poured out rain in answer to this man of God's prayer. But Elijah had seen God move, but he needs God one more time. He needs God again. He needs God to provide for him now. He, need, he can't live on that path. He needs something now. And it's now that God comes through one more time. Praise God. He is as the psalmist said in Psalm 46 and 1 He is an ever present help in our trouble. Hallelujah. He's not a God that's afar off. He's a God that's right there and He's ever present. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He does see. He is your provider. 
provider. Come on, amen. Thank God God did not answer the prayer of Elijah to die, but instead God sent him an angel to give him miracle food and miracle water. And let me tell you, miracle water don't come from Peter Popoff. Miracle water comes from Almighty God, and he's got water that will provide you with the strength to go on another day. Woo, hallelujah. Strength for that journey ahead. And even at times when we get sidetracked, God is there watching over us. There's angels all around us. This angel had fought. He's on the run, but this angel, God, God told that angel, said, get after him. Get after him. He's going to need somebody down there to take care of him. He's getting sidetracked. God understands that we're just dust and we're flesh. Amen. I thank God that he does understand that. And he's always there to get us, corral us around if we'll let him, get us back where we need to be. Oh, I wish I could stand here tonight and say, I never had an Elijah experience, but I can't say that. I have. But thank God the Lord's always met me there, and he'll meet you there. Amen? He got fresh resources from God, and then he got a fresh revelation from God because here Elijah traveled 180 miles. On the strength of the food that he got from the angel, he travels 180 miles to... Mount Horeb on supernatural strength. And he comes to a cave there and he lodges there and he travels all this distance out of the will of God. And somebody says, how do you know that? Well, the question that God asked shows that God didn't tell him to go to where he was because God, when he got there, he's in that cave and God says to him, what are you doing here? He's missed it again. That's the question that God asks you. That's the question that God asks all of us when we allow the opposition to bring us away from the will of God and the plan of God in our life and we drift away from God's plan and purpose and that does happen, but God will show up and God will say to you, what in the world are you doing here? Hallelujah. And if you'll let God, he'll take you from there where you shouldn't be and he'll redirect you and bring you to the place where you should be. And we've all been there. We've all been there. Amen. Elijah begins to make some excuses. And when God asks him that, you know, and he says, well, you know, I'm, ain't nobody saved but me. I'm the only one left, and I'm be, be perfectly honest with you, God, I'm not real happy about the way I've been treated lately. <laughs> so he's got, he's got this, you know, he's got this problem. He's getting into a complaining situation, and uh, he's, he's thinking nobody appreciates me, you know, and you've heard the old country song, Poor Old Elijah. Well, this is Poor Old Elijah. I mean, he's, getting, he's down in the pits. He's down in the valley. It's just a, it's another pity party. And, you know, that's, that he's feeling sorry for himself. And that's all some people do, you know. And, well, nobody appreciates me. Nobody loves me. 
loves me. Nobody cares about me. And that's kind of the way Elijah was feeling. Now I'm getting ready to bring this to a close. If I can, help me. But God gives kindly Elijah a little illustrated sermon there on the Mount, on the Mount Horeb there in that cave. And verse 11 and 12, it said that a wind, a great wind came and rent the mountains. An earthquake came, just shook everything. Then a fire came and it said that after the fire, and it said the Lord wasn't in any of that. He didn't hear from God in any of that. But it said that after the fire, a still, small voice came to Elijah from God. Hallelujah. See, the prophet Elijah had faced some great trials and he couldn't be burnt out. And I believe this. I believe that's what the wind, the earthquake, and the fire represent. You may have a different interpretation than that, but I believe God was giving him just a little illustrated sermon. Elijah, you've been through the wind. You've been through the storm. You've been through the shaking. You've been through the earthquake. And you've been through the fire. But you couldn't be burned out. You couldn't be forced out out and God has brought you, your God has brought you through all of that and you're still here standing today. Hallelujah. And it said that after the fire, notice that, after the fire he heard a still small voice. And if you'll get this tonight, that's the way it is with you and I because it is after the fire when you feel alone and you feel defeated and you don't know what to do and you need direction in your life and you've been through the storm and you've been through the earthquake and you've been through the fire and you don't know which way to turn that get ready because that is when God is getting ready to speak to you in a still small voice he's going to tell you what to do he's going to tell you where to go he's going to give you the answer that you need in your life amen Elijah may have felt like God was a million miles away at this particular point in time, but God stepped right into that cave and was so close that he could whisper to the prophet of God. And Elijah, after all of that, could hear the very whisper of God. He heard him say, Elijah, I'm still with you. You've made it through everything and I'm going to bring you through this. Hallelujah. After the fire, after the storm, after the earthquake, after the shaking, you still got to hear that still small voice on the inside of you that says, everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. And that's basically what he told Elijah. It's that one word from God, saints, that will change your life and change your direction. If you can just hear from the Lord. I always have somebody, somebody, you know, people going to preachers and saying, hey, have you got a word for me? Have you got a word for me? Have you got, I do, I do. I have a whole book full. I have a book full of words for you. But after that fire and that earthquake and that storm, if you will just get quiet with your Bible and get with the Lord, He's got a word for you. <laughs> He's got a word for you. He'll speak to your heart and give you direction, give you, give you the understanding that you need and let you know that He's going to bring you through. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me bring this plane in for a landing. I don't think we have any, I don't think we have any 
music for the altar tonight, so I'm just going to preach the altar service, all right? <laughs> Praise God. God still had a work for him to do, and that's what he gave him here. He told him, you just read the rest of that chapter. He said, I want you to go uh, anoint Elisha to take your place. And, Haziel to be the king over Syria and this and this and he gave him he, what he was saying is Jezebel has said she's going to take you out but Elijah I'm not done with you yet I still have a work for you to do she can't do nothing to you I still have work for you to do I've, I've heard brother Swaggart say it and I believe this that you're immortal in this life as long as as God's got something for you to do, the devil cannot destroy your life. Woo! I'm about to have a spell. Amen. God didn't put me here for the devil to take me out. When God's done with me, I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to go. Listen, listen, listen. Elijah finished his ministry. He got a revelation from God. He got resources from God. He got a, 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 refresh, a refresh relationship with God there at that juniper tree. And God's ministered to his life. And he's, he, he did finish and complete what God called him to do. But the one thing that he didn't do, and, and, I, I, and I can just imagine he was thankful for this, God did not. Aren't you glad that God, there's some prayers that we pray God don't answer? Huh? God's good. Amen. And there's some prayers we prayed that are that that we're maybe glad God because Elijah prayed to die and, and God didn't answer that prayer. And it's a good thing because God, you know why he didn't? Because God had a different plan for Elijah. Somebody ought to shout amen tonight. And Elijah finished his ministry and he didn't die. He didn't die at the hand of Jezebel. But instead of Elijah dying, instead of Jezebel taking him out, God's plan for him was that he was just going to take him on out of here alive. Amen. And that's what happened. Amen. You know the story over there in 2 Kings, preached on it a few weeks ago. That, that horse, the horses, the chariot of fire, the horses of fire came down and swooped down and Elijah just stepped into it and, and took off and took him to heaven. And for the last however many thousand years, Elijah has been in heaven in his natural body. And he's not, he's not quiet. That's why he didn't die. You know why he didn't die? God's still not done with him. He's still got a ministry to fulfill on the earth. Amen. When he comes back as one of those two prophets that will prophesy in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. God said, you ain't dying yet, son. I got something for you to do several thousand years down the road. Anybody... Anybody feel the Holy Ghost tonight? Hallelujah. So he just took him on to heaven. He's still there. But here Elijah, instead of Jezebel getting him, he experienced a rapture. He experienced a rapture, a catching away into heaven by the Lord. Amen. Now I want to tell you something, saints of God. This journey of life gets a little rough at times. And we, we get a little bit weary every once in a while. And I know that you do and I do too. I get a little bit discouraged when I look at the situation 
situation in this world and I look at the conditions that's going on and the evil that's in this world, I get a little weary and a little discouraged. But can I tell you, there is strength. There is strength for our journey. I know how this journey is going to end. You know why I can keep on keeping on? Because I know how the journey is going to end. Oh, hallelujah. This journey is not going to end by the devil taking me somewhere, but this journey is going to end in a rapture to God. It's going to end in me going to be with the Lord for the Lord himself. And that's what Elijah was a type of, of that rapture, the Lord himself. Paul said, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are life. Those, listen, those loved ones and those family members of yours, we've went to those funerals and we've wept bitter tears and we've laid those friends and family members in the ground. And uh, Brother Howard just recently been a friend of mine for, for over 35 years, was, was close to me and it hurt me to do that funeral. But what helped me was that I know, that I know, that I know where he's at and when the Lord descends from heaven those old graves are going to come burst and open and the loved ones and family members that died in Christ are coming up ain't no grave gonna hold my body down glory to God woo amen is this okay for Bible study brother Giles alright but it's gonna end in a rapture to God that gives me strength for the journey I know the Lord's coming, and I know He's coming soon. When He descends, we which are alive and remain shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye and caught up together with those loved ones that are resurrected. That is the first resurrection. Somebody said, I don't believe in a rapture. Then you don't believe in a resurrection because the rapture is the first resurrection. The dead in Christ are rising, and we that are alive are going to be caught up together with them. I'm leaving this place. I'm getting out of this place. Amen? The liberals can have it. The Russians can have it. The Muslims can have it. Hallelujah. The lost people can have it. We're getting out of here. We're leaving here. There's a rapture taking place. That gives me strength for the journey ahead. Glory to God forever. I've never been, or let me, let me change that. I have been on an airplane ride. But in the near future, I'm going to take a plane air ride. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I'm just going. Every once in a while, people, why are you jumping up when you preach? I'm just having rapture practice. Just getting ready. Glory to God. It's a little rapture practice. Because we're going to be caught up. We're getting out of here. Amen? Hallelujah. One of these days at that rapture, Brother Terry, I'm going to be a, I myself, you, we will be a UFO. <laughs> Not only will we be a UFO, but we will be having an OAT. What's an OAT? An OAT is one awesome trip. <laughs> Praise God. It's going to be great. 
It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not preaching some pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the Bible. I'm giving you what the Word of God says. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And just as sure as Elijah was taken up alive into heaven. Hallelujah. He, Jesus can come back. The rapture can happen tonight. Nothing has to take place. No scripture has to be fulfilled. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you rapture ready? Hallelujah. I got some strength. I can make it. I can go on the strength for the journey ahead. Let's stand tonight. Let's stand. Let's stand. Amen.